Joe Kissel on one iCloud feature you probably don't want to use. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today at collide.com slash macvoices. Mac Voices is sponsored by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. We wrap up our conversation with Joe Kissel, the author of Take Control of iCloud, about some of the updates and information in the latest edition of this book, as well as one iCloud feature that you probably don't want to use. Let's go back and let Joe do the talking. Uh, I mentioned just a minute ago that not not every iCloud user is, in fact, an Apple device owner. And uh, rather surprisingly to me, one of the things Apple has done in the last year is to massively expand the capabilities of iCloud for Windows users. So if by by choice or by, you know, circumstance, you are a Windows user or you use both Windows and Mac OS, you can now do a lot more with iCloud on your PC. So you like photos are now integrated into Microsoft's Photos app, which is sort of their very, very rough equivalent to Apple's Photos app, uh, which is way more convenient than how it used to be. And there's better integration with iCloud Drive, better integration with Outlook for things like, you know, email contacts, calendars, and um, iCloud Keychain. You can now get at your iCloud Keychain items and fill in passwords and stuff in uh, Microsoft Edge or Google Chrome, and you can sync your bookmarks with Edge or Chrome or I think Firefox. So, um, and, oh, and on top of all that, Apple is making new apps for Windows. So just like, you know, on the Mac several years ago, iTunes went away and now we have like a TV app for your TV shows and movies. We have a music app for Apple Music and we have a podcast app and we have the books app. And then if you want to like sync a device locally, you do that in the Finder now. So Apple is now making a comparable set of changes on Windows. Right now, iTunes for Windows still does all that stuff, but there are preview versions of a TV app for Windows and a music app for Windows and a devices app for Windows. So Apple is now trying to take iTunes for Windows and do the same thing they did on the Mac is split it into these component parts so that if you want to play your Apple music on your PC, you will go to the Apple music app as opposed to iTunes and so forth. So those are, those are currently still in like preview form, but, uh, but they're working on it. So, um, it's, it's, it's after so many, so many, many years of trying to keep windows at a distance and only grudgingly support it. Apple is really doing an awful lot more with iCloud to support windows users. Okay. We could have a whole discussion on why and, and whether that's a good idea, but you know it's there. So if sure. you're a Windows yeah. user and on the unlikely event that you're a Windows user and are watching this show, um, go check it out because it's available to you. Yeah, well, you know, we we could have we could have a whole discussion about 
uh, Apple and Windows, because like, you know, when uh, when the M series, the Apple Silicon Max uh, came out, one of the things that was lost was boot camp. So it was no longer possible to have like an officially uh, sanctioned way to run Windows on a Mac. And uh, apps like Parallels Desktop and VMware Fusion had some challenges too, because they let you run other operating systems, but if you want to run Windows on an ARM-based, you know, Apple Silicon Mac, you have to use the ARM version of Windows, which is like harder to get and fewer features and so forth. And so I was just announced within the last week or so, Microsoft has has finally, finally officially blessed Parallels Desktop as an authorized way to run the ARM version of Windows on your uh, your Apple Silicon Mac. So uh so that's nice that's nice I, I i was doing it anyway but 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 now i'm allowed to do it um so th- there are there are lots of people who who need to who even if they they love apple and they love macs and all that kind of stuff they still need to use windows for some reason i am one of those people i I would prefer not to use Windows, but I have to as part of my job. So I, I need to have ways of getting at Windows on my Mac. And um, there, are, there are more ways than there used to be. And there, there are some downsides too. So yeah, there, are, there, there, could be, there could be a whole long discussion about that, but probably we have enough to talk about today already. <laughs> Joe, I think one question I've asked you on just about every edition of the, the iCloud book, at least as, as from when it became an option, was the ability to store your desktop and documents folder in iCloud. Yeah. And I have a friend, I, I can't remember if this was told publicly or not, so I'm going to leave names out. But the individual was messing around with iCloud, hit the button accidentally to store desktop and documents in iCloud, and promptly found out that he was locked out of the documents folder and his desktop items until it completed the upload. Unfortunately, that yeah. upload that upload would have been something like 119 gigs. So yeah. that effectively would lock you out for probably days, <laughs> if not, if not hours, days. Um, yeah. So his solution was stop it, restore everything from backup, and he had a good backup, and then don't do it again. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, is that I, – I kind of can find a logic to saying, okay, we're going to move everything up into iCloud for you, so don't mess with it. On the other hand, most people – well, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But I know my documents folder, too, would be substantial. It would lock me out for quite some time, no matter how fast my connection is. Right. Well – uh, yeah, a customer wrote to me because he had experienced exactly what you're describing. Uh, turn on the documents desktop folder sync and stuff started syncing. He's like, this is not what I wanted. I want to back out. And an Apple won't let you abort that process. Now, every, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before, how, how this whole notion of syncing your documents and desktop folders to iCloud is is fraught. And it's one of those things where 
there, there, there are different interpretations of the story. There's like an Apple wants to help you and make you happy version of it. There's the like Apple wants to make sure you're paying for as much additional storage as possible version of it. There's the Apple just didn't think through the consequences version of it. And I think, I think that's kind of what's going on here. Um, part of this, part of the whole problem with, not just with iCloud Drive, it, it's, it's, it also happens like in the Photos app. But you got stuff that's on your device and you, you want it to sync with the cloud. But there is, there is nothing you can see anywhere that tells you, okay, what is in the process of syncing? What is queued up to sync next? What is configured to never sync? Uh, like what is in the cloud only, but could be downloaded and how can I adjust this? Like there isn't a thing like activity monitor for iCloud where you can just say, okay, this is all the stuff happening. Like I took this photo an hour ago on my phone and I have iCloud photos turned on. Why isn't it on my Mac yet? No way to know. You, you can't look at your phone and get like a status report of, this is in the process of uploading or it's not uploading because of this reason or it's scheduled to upload in this period of time, nor can you go onto your Mac and say, uh, show me which photos you know about in the cloud that you haven't downloaded here yet. Like you can't do that. And you can't do that with files in the finder either. And that's true whether or not you turn on the desktop and document sync. But the problem is that if you do turn that on, now this lack of transparency has become much more like ominous because that that's like all your important data, like all your stuff is most of your, most of your personal files are in one of those two folders. So you're going to look for it and you're like, I, where is it? I don't see it. Is it in the cloud yet? I'm not sure. Is it going to sync soon? How long is this going to take? What has synced so far? Where, where's my stuff? How can I, can I say, can I say, I want to back out? Can I say, just stop what you're doing and put me back to where I was. And the, the problem is that there isn't anything like Apple apparently didn't think anybody cared <laughs> or they thought, Oh, it's just going to be too messy and complex. We don't want to trouble people with this. Or maybe they were so arrogant as to think it'll happen so quickly and so seamlessly that no one will ever even wonder, but like none of those things are true. And everybody wonders. So this, this lack of transparency of what is actually going on and Apple's <clears throat> aggravating refusal to tell anyone, that's, that's half of the problem. And then the other half of the problem is not providing an obvious, easy way to back out. Now, what I suspect Apple would say, and I don't know, but I, I suspect is just that syncing is messy. Syncing has a lot of indeterminacies. And if we interrupt this process before it's done, something could go wrong and data could be lost. And Apple doesn't want to break anything. Apple doesn't want you to lose any data. So their, their thinking is, well, let's just force you to let this go until it's done. And then you can, you can turn it off and put everything back. But the problem with that is you could be, as you say, you could be looking at a process that might take anywhere from hours to days. Uh, yeah, 
you you could have you could have two terabytes. You could even have four terabytes of data in iCloud Drive under some very specific uh, circumstances. And even if you have the world's fastest internet connection, like that's going to take a while for that data to upload. So the truth of the matter is that your data is never really gone. It's just during this period when it's sinking, it's in a place that you don't expect that you wouldn't sort of automatically find it. And if you knew where to dig, you could still find it. You could also go onto the iCloud website to the iCloud drive web app and download anything that has already synced there. Uh, if you can't find it on your computer, but, uh, Having have you know with those disclaimers aside, the very best thing is to not turn on this feature. <laughs> the very very best thing is don't use the document and, and desktop syncing. Uh, just don't sync those folders. Don't do it. And I I talk about this at, at some length in my book. Uh, you know how how to undo this and what do you have? What happens if you do this on multiple Macs and you have to merge the folders? And what happens if you turn it off on multiple Macs and you have to unmerge them? Um, and what are my alternatives? How else can I sync this stuff besides using this feature? So I, I talk about all that in the book. But uh, so the best, best idea is, is don't turn it on. Next best idea is exactly what your friend did, which is to say, you know what? I'm just going to restart my Mac or I'm going <laughs> to shut it down. I'm going to restore from a backup. And of course, you will have excellent backups, won't you? You're going to have a lot of backups. You're going to have full very recent backups. So there won't be any problem with restoring from backups. And you're going to know how to restore from backups too, because you practice. You practice every Friday the 13th on International Verify Your Backups Day, or you practice every time you change the battery in your smoke detector or the oil in your car. You'd like, you, you, you practice because we all know we got to do this because stuff goes wrong. So have great backups, practice restoring them. And if you get into a pickle, eh, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? You have to lose a couple of hours of work to spend the time restoring from a backup. Which is a lot better than losing days, weeks, or yeah. more trying to recreate. Yeah. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Try it free for 30 days is enough time to try and completely forget about a subscription or service. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription you don't use every single month. With Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. I've lost track of subscriptions and wasted money. I bet you have too. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. That's rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Rocket Money for supporting this week's Mac Voices.
This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com slash macvoices. Our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to learn more or book a demo. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices, collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for their support of Mac Voices. Okay, I, I can't help it. I got. I just got to ask. Let's f- for a second, and I, I, you've already answered part of this. Let's pretend that I work with word processing, processing documents and spreadsheets. Yeah. Okay. Those files are not significant size. Okay. So let's say that I take all the documents in my documents folder out and move them to another folder. And then turn this feature on and then start to feed the documents back in. Now, am I, I, I've, I get what you say about not being where they're supposed to be or could be expected, would be expected. And I'm talking now a very specific use case uh, because, yeah. you, because those kind of things sync. Uh, if, if Dropbox is ev- any evidence, they sync pretty quickly. It's when you start getting into the multi-gig files that just can have issues with. Would this still be uh, something that you would advise against? So Apple Apple seems to have a particular use case in mind for this feature. It seems to be designed for people like that. Like, oh, I got some word processing documents, some spreadsheets. I don't have a lot of files in these folders and the files that I do have are not large files. And in fact, if you know, it is increasingly the case, not only within Apple's universe, but just generically that even those sorts of documents for a lot of us don't live on the computer anymore. If you use Google docs or Google sheets or any of the innumerable, you know, similar products out there, your stuff is already stored in the cloud. There aren't files on your computer at all. So one way of looking at Apple's decision to offer this feature is like, ah, oh, you know, most people just store stuff in the cloud anyway. They don't have that many files on their Mac and the files they do have aren't that large. So it's not going to be a problem. And and if if that really is true, if it really is true that you have very few files and or very small files so you're not looking at hours or days to upload all that stuff, then then you fit the model that Apple was expecting for for users to turn this on and go ahead. It's fine. It's 
it, it, it's really, it really is fine for that scenario. I can't use it because I use gigantic files all the time. I, I, I am constantly trafficking, trafficking in, you know, like multi tens of gigabyte files. And those, those kinds of things just drag down this entire system impossibly. Not to mention the fact that the accumulated size of my documents and desktop folders, like all the stuff I've put in there over the years, so many, you know, audio and video recordings and big, big documents and virtual machines and disk images and all this, like it's, it's, it's really huge. So I think Apple really underestimated how many, how many people would be in that position. Um, so I, I don't want to say that nobody should ever use this, but I do want to say, reflect on, on what you have and how you use those folders. If you don't fall into that very narrow use case that Apple has designed it for, then you shouldn't turn it on. That's exactly why I, I, I created the use case very specifically. Because I, yeah. I, I'm like, and I, I'm very aware of the fact that you and I are not probably normal users. Um, and I don't, so I don't, I'm I, definitely not normal in any way. You, well, and I don't know what a normal user looks like in today's world because we all, all we have these fantastic cameras that can take both stills and video. And so, yeah, I start to wonder if there is a normal user out there that that particular use case fits. But yeah, I that, mean, that, that, what a great example. We're, we're all constantly capturing you know, 4K videos on our iPhones and iPads. And of course, we're using Apple's tools, whether it's iMovie or Final Cut or some Adobe software or whatever, to edit these gigantic uh, movie files. And this is no longer something that is only done by filmmakers or podcasters or professionals. like ordinary folks that have kids or go on vacations or, you know, whatever, just ordinary folks. Like, yeah, I, I can take a video. Great. I'm going to take a video. Let's make a thing out of that. Let's put it on YouTube. So, uh, so, uh, home, homemade video content of whatever sort, um, is very, very, very widespread. And Apple is going out of their way to encourage this, to make their cameras better, to put more storage on their phones, to increase the speed of the connection between your phone and your computer. So like the, Apple is encouraging the creation of these gigantic files, but, but there's a consequence. So, yeah. You know, there's so many things about iCloud. Uh, we could spend quite a bit more time, but that's sort of why you wrote the book. Um, can yeah. you give us just a quick rundown of some of the other things that are included in the book in the book that we didn't get to? Yeah, so uh, one of the iCloud uh, features is uh, Private Relay, which is sort of two-thirds of a VPN if, if you're using Safari uh, to connect websites without them knowing who you are. And uh, it has always been the case that Private Relay breaks some sites, and now there's a feature where you can turn it off for just a particular site on a particular occasion. So that's an example. Uh, Apple's prices have gone up for their uh, extra storage and iCloud One and, and Apple Music and so forth. So uh, those, uh, those details are updated. 
um, uh, a, oh, you're right. A thing that, 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 that is just like, it's, it's an, uh, oh, uh, by the way, a little note, but, uh, it, for, for years and years and years in my books about Apple mail, I complained about the fact that like, if you have the contacts app, you've got whatever, hundreds of contacts, you might have a group. You can create a list in the contacts app on your Mac. Like these are all of my, you know, Tai Chi students, or these are all of, you know, my whatever club or group or family members so that I can just say, I want to send an email to all those people at once. Uh, I'll just send an email to the list. And, uh, and it was, it was never possible to edit those lists on an iPhone or an iPad or create new lists on an iPhone or an iPad. Well, now you can finally, finally, I've been complaining about this for years and years and years. So, uh, that's, you know, it's related to iCloud because that stuff is stored in iCloud. So that's, that's new. Uh, it's now possible to use, I don't have, I can't reach one right here, but it's now possible to use a hardware security key, a little dongle it might, might connect with, uh, USB or lightning or, or tap it with NFC, but it's now possible to have a hardware key uh, that you use for two-factor authentication in lieu of the, uh, the numeric codes that Apple will send you. So uh, another, another security feature, which again, we could talk about all the trade-offs and stuff, but like, that's a new thing. So those are, those are some of the examples. Okay. So a lot of interesting things in there that you need to be aware of. Um, and so that means you need Joe's book. Um, so, Joe, what kind of pricing do we have for this? And, of course, we all know where to get it, but just in case. One million dollars. Well, <laughs> okay. You know, if, I, if, I, if I priced a book at a million dollars, I'd only have to sell one. Like, I could <laughs> sell one and I could retire, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, so it's, it's a, it's a $14.99 book. As always, if you owned a previous edition of the book, you you are eligible for a very much cheaper upgrade, and you can go to your account on the website to find out about that. But uh, fifteen bucks for uh, it is what is two hundred forty two pages on pretty much everything iCloud can do, and it's a lot. So uh, I think it's well worth it, and uh, I I would I would. Honestly, I would be content if Apple just left iCloud alone for a year or two, so I didn't have to keep updating the book. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I, I got other stuff to do. I don't need to make a 10th edition of this book. Give me a couple of years, all right? Just, just let it be, leave the features alone, and uh, come talk to me in a couple of years about a 10th edition. But uh, we'll see. We'll call Tim and ask him just to hold off for a little while for you, yeah. as, as if that'll do any good. And, of course, it's TakeControlBooks.com is where you go right to get on. Joe's book along with all the other terrific Take Control authors. Um, they, I, I've said it a million times, Joe, but I, I really love the Take Control approach because it's a very practical approach. Um, so you and I sometimes get into um, philosophical debates on why something happens. But in the book, it's like this is what's going on and this is how you fix it or don't fix it or can't fix it or work around it. So. Yeah. And I, and I do want to, on that note, I do want to say, uh, I, I say this in, in quite a few of my books and I've said it to you a number of times, but so many times people will write to me and they'll say, this happened. I don't understand it. What did I do wrong? And 
90% of the time, my response is, it's not you, it's Apple. I don't know why Apple decides to do things the way they do. It's confusing, it's frustrating, it's weird. I can guess in some cases, in other cases, I honestly have no idea why. All I know is, yep, that thing that, that's not working for you, not working for me either, it's not you, it's Apple. And if, if all I can do in my books is just reassure readers that they're not dumb, they didn't do something stupid, they didn't make a mistake, no, 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 it's not you. It's Apple. I, I feel like that that alone is an important public service. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, by all means, go check out this book. Check out all of Joe's books, all the other Take Control books, because that's the attitude that Take Control has, and it's extremely, extremely valuable. Joe, I don't know how often we – I mean, I love the fact that we you keep updating and we keep – you keep coming back. So please, you know, anytime you're available and ready to talk. I got a here. list. Boy, <laughs> I got such a list. And that are, are synced uh, in iCloud, actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's true. I'll be back. Sounds good. Sounds good. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Again, TakeControlBooks.com. Go check it out. The odds are that they have at least a half dozen books that you're going to definitely benefit from. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with MacVoices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.